to the club because you're that kind of nerd. Welcome, everyone, to That Kind of Nerds podcast, a weekly show that tells you what is going on in the nerdy world. I am CJ Mellon, joined by the one and the only Josh Burns. What up? Uh, unfortunately, Brian cannot be with us. He actually uh, disappeared under mysterious uh, circumstances, but things have been moving around in my house, so I assume the two are not correlated or connected at all. Not at all. Mm-mm. The reason I obviously make that reference is because we are doing something that we normally do for our Patreon feeds. We are doing a spoiler cast for the recently released in February, The Invisible Man, uh, which sounds like it would be terrible. Uh, but uh, I'll give you my quick uh, first impressions. Was pretty darn good, starring uh, uh, Elizabeth Moss, and then people that you really don't know too well. Aldous Hodge, man. Okay, yes, but he's not like top marquee, is he? Nah, I mean, other than Jack Reacher and uh, the show Leverage, we talked about him uh, in some other role he did. I like the dude. Oh, uh, he was in uh, Straight Outta Compton. Yes, okay. I like uh, the dude. For those of you who are not uh, familiar with this, uh, let me give you the, the premise of it. When Cecilia's abusive ex takes his own life and leaves her his fortune, she suspects his death was a hoax. As a series of coincidences turn lethal, Cecilia works to prove that she is being hunted by someone that no one can see. Uh, there was uh, this is a Blumhouse movie. And if, if you don't follow that at all. They are uh, really great at doing low-budget horror movies that do really well. Uh, if I remember correctly, I believe Happy Death Day was also a, a Blumhouse movie. That sounds right. Uh, and then uh, they, they've done a few other things. There was also talk that this was uh, initially pitched as supposed to be part of the uh, Universal's Dark Universe uh, movie. But then, obviously, when that fell apart, they went a different direction uh, with this movie. So initially, uh, I will tell you, I was not on board for this. I was not ready to to let this movie do its thing. Uh, but Brian watched it, said, hey, it's actually really good. You should really give it a chance. So it took him on his word. And uh, my first impression, I was actually really, really surprised and uh, really dug this movie and thought they did the whole invisible man thing in a, in a new way. And uh, I left really satisfied. How about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I'm not a horror fan, obviously, and I I said the you know I told Laura like I you know I need to watch this for the podcast. You want to watch it? Me? She's like, yeah. Um, so you know, and I, I didn't say, oh, it's horror. Um, <laughs> so, well, what kind of? I'm like, it's an invisible. It's an invisible man. There's an invisible man. It's called the Invisible, <laughs> invisible man. man. Right. There's going to be an invisible man. Infer from that what you will. Um. And uh, just a few minutes into the movie, there's a, a scene where Elizabeth Moss goes to go sleepy buys and right. her blanket gets slowly pulled off her. And Laura's <laughs> like, nope, I'm out. I'm out. There's uh there's there's a global pandemic. And now I'm going to have nightmares about this for the rest of my life. So uh, just before before we proceed, Blumhouse was involved with a lot of stuff. Um, yes. And not, and not just not just they did whiplash. Mm hmm. Um, as well, um, glass split upgrade, which I think we all liked. I, I did a get out. They also did get out. Yeah. Um, so like, uh, you know, I, I wasn't, um, and yes, happy death day, obviously, but like, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't immediately, um, panning this as a horror, um, 
Because it's not, it's not really. It's more of a suspense slash thriller. Yeah, thing. yeah. There, I mean, Blumhouse. I really think their claim to fame, what really put them on the map, was uh, they were the people behind the Purge, uh, and and they really are known for these horror movies that they they churn out really quickly. Uh, I think like the earliest movie that I I could find on their um, resume was Paranormal Activity, was also a, a big hit, and that was like two thousand and seven. So they've they've done quite a lot and quite a lot of movies within a, a, a quick span around almost almost 50 plus movies. So they're they are well known, but they're pretty much known for horror. Um, so I want to tackle one part of this. I, I know the, the biggest thing for me was seeing the Invisible Man. The last time that we ever discussed the Invisible Man was on the Patreon exclusive for the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, which was a visible man that was very close to the original lore you know, uh, a guy working in a lab who turned himself invisible kind of thing and becomes a prankster. Uh, right. Who becomes, you know, a jolly guy and he's nice and he's not, you know, a vindictive murderer or, uh, or anything like that. So uh, I didn't know how they were going to handle the fact that this is set in modern times, right? This is set in in, in, in 2020, 2019 ish time periods. How do you make an invisible man? I, I don't think people are going to buy. I'm working in a lab and turn myself invisible. So for this movie, they turned it out that the guy was a fiber op or fiber op- optics. Yeah, fiber optics. He was an optics, optics fiber optics pioneer. expert. He was not like fi- the, not fiber optics. Sorry, just optics. optics like, Thank you. You're right. Like lenses, cameras, things right. like that. Camera. Uh, correct. And he made a suit that basically has a shit ton of cameras on it, and then reflects what's around it, and therefore invisible. Um, were you satisfied with that? Was that believable enough? Was that a cool way to kind of go about that? Well, I mean, that's what stealth technology is, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, we, we've, uh, we've accepted it in all of our, um, superhero like movies say. and whatnot. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a little, is it a little far-fetched? Yes. Um, this, there would have to be some noise associated, um, <laughs> not only with all these cameras doing their thing, all these, all these like seeing eyes doing their thing, uh, oscillating and whatnot, but also like the dude's not weightless. You know, I mean, there, right. were, there should there should be a lot of footsteps. So of, yeah, yeah, like there, yeah. like I yes, I, okay, I can I can suspend disbelief long enough to buy into the concept as a prototype. Um, I. Did not like if I'm if I'm saying like from the 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 suit itself or the guy himself. What am I what am I saying? Do I believe it? This suit. We'll we'll go with the suit first. Just the yeah. technology in order to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like you crack one lens and the whole thing is shot though. Well, I mean, and that's what something that happens in the movie, right? Elizabeth Moss's yeah, character damages yeah, but- it, and it's still like. Half working, yeah, but it's not just ha- like it's working completely, and right, not, and then it and flickers, then, yeah, and it does. It just uh, that that part uh, for me, I was like, that this is not that's not consistent, not with at least anything that you know. I mean, if you have a little tiny smudge on one of your lenses in a corner, <laughs> you're like, what <laughs> is that? It's right. big as day, right? So you got to think like any damage to one of these things is going to be like you know catastrophic for the whole suit. I, I like the fact there were two things I thought of just again technology standpoint was I mean if you ever seen like Daft Punk's helmets or or uh, mouse uh, dead mouse's helmets right they're big heads that have LED lights and stuff on it there are fans and shit that are in there like there's a cooling system 
that has to be in place. So you know there's just like you said, there's gotta be some noise. Plus the bottom of his feet don't seem to, you know, show up. There's no shadows either. Right. So like th- there's a lot of technology at play. However, because they didn't try to really go into the science of it, because they didn't like try to give you a huge explanation, just the fact that he is an optics expert and they yeah. left it at that. They didn't paint themselves into, uh, I think, a, a technological uh, corner. I guess. And like, you go, you, oh, well, clearly they would all. If like, you just don't think about it too hard, right. then you you could probably be like, oh, that's really scary. Not like, and, whoa. So it just puts what's on the other side of them in front of them. Right. But uh, I mean, just to your point, too, right? We talk about, uh, you know, if there was a smudge or a flyer or whatever, something, right? Anything. It, right. Would, it would eventually show up. And it reminds me of the Spider-Man homecoming scene. Where he's crawling on the the jet uh, for Tony Stark that's using this kind of exact technology, right. and when he's crawling out, then it's a big version of Spider Man on the fucking right on on the display. So I'm thinking the same thing, but I'm with you. I'm willing to suspend my belief enough to to, to buy it for the, the the two hours that this movie is. I bought but it I, for most of the two hours. Okay, once it got damaged, you 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 kind of lost. All right, I can see that. I, yeah. I can give you that one. The thing I did like about it though was the design was creepy. It was scary. It was porous. It looked like uh, little black holes all over. So a bajillion when, eyeballs. Yeah. When, when Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So when they pour paint on it or when it gets damaged and you finally see the suit, it is creepy. It is a little scary. It, it You're like, wow, well, I didn't know what to expect, but I didn't expect that. Bah! And and you're, you're taking it back for a little bit. So I, I, I bought it and thought it was a really cool design. Yeah, like, I don't know, was it, is it, I mean, is it like a, I had a problem with the paint thing, um, it's not, and, and I don't know the term, but it's not oleophobic, that has to do with oil. Oh, you're talking about the whole thing? But, oh, the, the, well, like, how do you shake, how do you shake the paint out of every crevice of the, know. you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's things, I have things, right, there's that, and like, all of a sudden this dude is like freakishly strong, listen, I understand and and can even buy into knocking these dudes out with a single blow and and because I if imagine you, the suit has weight behind it too, right? Well, uh, all right. And then how did he not damage the uh, you know the uh, optics that are on the hands and arms by hitting things with it? But forget <laughs> that for a second. Um, <laughs> just for a second, forget that. Like if if you if you are just standing. Minding your own business, walking straight ahead, and and you get you know you get a haymaker. You're, it's going to knock your ass out if you're not expecting it, or if you're walking into it, it's going to knock your ass out. So I can right. buy into that. Yeah. What I can't buy into is dude grabbing, you know, let's call her 140 pound Cecilia, and throwing her across a room over a table. Right. No. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that too. So uh, I want to put those things aside. We'll get to that in, in a minute. Uh, but I do, again, uh, overall, I do like the way they handled this. Let's make Invisible Man mod. I'm liking it less now that we're talking about it. But like <laughs> at, on first watch, yeah, I was like, okay. I mean, creepy, but yeah, for sure. So the other half to this is also a little bit of that mystery suspense of who is the Invisible Man? Uh, is it actually her abusive ex-boyfriend? Is it somebody else? Is he dead? Is he not? A lot of questions that are kind of asked throughout that that movie. Uh, we get introduced to a, a couple characters, a couple of red herrings as well. And um, I, I overall enjoyed the twist. However, uh, I did. 
I did see it coming when they revealed who the Invisible Man was. Yeah. But not the fact that, okay, spoiler alert, obviously, uh, not the fact that the uh, ex-boyfriend was tied up and still alive. I thought he really was dead and the boyfriend was just. No, 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 no. Was the, the the brother I should say was just carrying out the nope. the will no no nope, there no I I figured I figured there had to be at least two of them okay yeah I I don't think for a second that because he made two suits well he made at least two because she had one uh-huh. okay so there were still there were still two in operation and she had one so right. um hey but there look the brother was. I don't know. Like he starts off like a scumbag, and then all of a sudden he's on her side, and I'm like, nah, I'm not, I'm not buying. Oh yeah, this not dude. buying him at all. Right. So I, I figured he was, you know, they're working together, um, is what I thought. And then you know, whether who forget about who manipulates who, um, but it it just the whole the whole thing was was super sketchy for me from the very beginning. Yeah, but I mean, both brothers clearly conspired to make Cecilia's life fucking miserable. To commit the that murders, crazy. I mean, they went to lengths to really kind of just take it to her. So they both end up being the Invisible Man, right? And, yeah. and obviously taking turns and staging it to make it look like that. You know, uh, the the boyfriend Oliver was just oh, just a guy who was a casualty. Um, but the, along the way are some really good scenes and a really couple big shocks that that come from this. So the biggest thing for me was when. Uh, Elizabeth Moss's character, Cecilia, goes to dinner with her sister, Emily. Uh, uh, they, they've had a falling out, and she's trying to explain to her the situation. She's finally getting her on board, and then literally out of nowhere, a knife just comes out, slices the sister's throat, and the knife goes right to Elizabeth Moss's character's hands, and it looks like she killed her sister. And I didn't see it coming, and I was as shocked as some of the people in the restaurant that watched her die. What was, like, maybe the the biggest... Invisible Man shock moment for for you out of the movie, Josh. Um, shock moment. Well, I think that I think probably that one was the big shock moment. But I thought that, um, really the end of the movie for me. Like I I was not expecting. I was expecting him to confess somehow, right? Or 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 start playing a game with her and get caught, and then you know Aldous Hodge comes in and blah. I was right. not expecting. I was not expecting revenge. No, and and you know how'd she get the suit on so fast and get you know what I mean? More questions. About There's more questions, the but but uh, yeah, I, I thought that her sort of triumphant end mm-hmm. um, was was the big moment for me. Oh, the thing that I really liked about this movie and why some of these Invisible Man moments were were pretty big shocks was something that Brian actually pointed out to me and kind of sold me on watching the movie for the first time. He goes. Something that they do a lot from the very beginning of the movie are long, uh, wide establishing shots of nothing, empty space. We open with a very long, wide shot of touring the house to show the, those two in bed. A lot of empty space is shown uh, quite frequently in the movie to make you question, is is somebody there? Is he there? Is this where, where is he? But then right. they do it in the beginning so much that it lulls you into this false sense of security. that you are not noticing the wide shots anymore. That when finally you see in the kitchen, the kitchen knife move off the table. My wife missed it at first. I was like, did you see that? Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Let's rewind that back. Watch the knife. She's like, oh my God, I didn't see that. Because we had these long shots, these wide shots for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was a really good way to... Again, create suspense, but also kind of make you never feel safe that something at any moment 
could just jump out of the corner. The first thing I noticed was the um the breath, the cold breath mm. behind her when she was outside. When she's breathing, you can see her breath, and then all of a sudden you see one one shot of breath behind her. And I went, oh shit, here we go. Right. And then then you had the blanket scene and but like yeah, the the camera work was spectacular. And it's one of those things too where I think what you and I don't like about horror movies and what we don't like about them is a lot of the crappy jump scares, right? Mm-hmm. It's a ton of jump scares in, in most of movies like this. And I didn't I didn't really see anything that was jump scary. A lot nah, of they ooh. set up they set up the latter moment as a jump scare. Right. right. When she tossed paint. Um but no, I mean for the most part, um, no, it was not a jump scare. Yeah, which I, I definitely thought was was pretty good. So I want to talk about some of the acting now. So I want to talk about, uh, first off, Elizabeth Moss. Um, I don't know if you're watching Handmaid's Tale or anything else that, that nope. she's in besides Mad Men. I think it's the last, probably the last thing you watch with yep. Elizabeth Moss in it. Uh, how was her performance for you, you know, not seeing her in, in, a, in a movie or anything in, in quite some time? How did you buy her for the character of Cecilia? Yeah, I mean, I thought she was good. There was no... Um... I didn't find her her hokey or or forced at all. Like I thought, I thought she carried it well. I mean, she was, you know, there was there's a lot of desperation there. I mean, she was at her wits end, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, I I thought she did very well. Um, and I thought maybe maybe the um, I thought maybe the the chance for her to sort of go overboard would have been um, the inevitable confrontation, right? She uh, when she stole the pen that that confrontation scene in in the the institution the institution yeah yeah i thought that would have been a chance for her to sort of overact or or for it to get hokey and it didn't um i i was i was thrilled with Elizabeth. Yeah, i i and i think that's the the part i also liked about this movie was just what you said the restraint from a lot of these people in a really ridiculous situation that could turn to overacting and melodrama and and they definitely didn't uh, I think when it comes to the supporting cast, there weren't a lot of great standout performances, uh, but they did the job of supporting it. So I, I, I think that um, Harriet uh, Dyer, who played the the sister, she was she was really good. And then um, you liked Aldous Hodge. As yeah, a character I thought, as well, I thought too. he did a great job. Yeah, I mean, and, and from um, from the the perspective that he he's exactly what you'd want him to be. Like the dude was compassionate, super supportive. Um, you know, even though, you know, he, you know, he is a detective. Um, he wasn't over the top cop guy. Yeah. Um, he was just very, very sort of nurturing and supportive, um, throughout the entire movie, even when it looked like she was going off the rails, he still supported her, um, yeah, there's- which, which I was not expecting. I thought it was kind of like everybody was going to turn. Um, he was still. He was still very much in her corner, although still, you know, making his daughter his top priority right. was still there for 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 Cecilia. I gotta say that was one moment that I was uh I, I was pretty obviously there's a lot of death and murder in this right from the the Invisible Man and uh, there's a lot of crappy things going on, but the moment where uh, he's in the room unbeknownst to them and hits uh, Sydney the the niece or or the the young daughter of uh, James and uh, she starts freaking out saying, "Oh my God, you hit me." And she's like, I didn't hit you. I didn't hit you. And that's the moment where James just comes in and says, listen, I don't I don't give a shit about you right now. I got it. Like, I got to keep my daughter safe again. Big chance to go ahead and just swing for the fence, but really reined in and was pretty realistic. And I can imagine being a dad, being in that situation, not handling it like that. Right. And going off the fucking handle. 
Uh, but seeing his choice was, was pretty good. So I, I also think that has to do with uh, some of the, the the writing for this movie. And I thought that the the writers did a, a pretty great job of making sure that this was a whole world, right? That this was a believable world and this was some something that we could kind of ground this in. Um, I'm not sure if he has done anything really of... Uh, he did a couple Saw movies. Oh, he wrote Saw. So never mind. Um yeah, okay, so he's he's oh yeah, he's no he's no amateur. Wait, did he write Saw or did he do Saw? Oh the no, he, he wrote Saw. Yeah. So I mean definitely definitely a good a good writer, so I thought they did a, a really great job. So I mean I we've talked a little bit about what we liked, we talked a little bit about what we don't. Uh I, I kinda am curious though, I mean, what is the, the biggest thing that you kinda took away from this movie? Was it the fact that the technology was just too too much to ask or was it the fact that, hey, this really was a, a, a pretty good movie? No, I mean, I thought they pulled it off um, as um, like a tension builder, uh, you know, thriller type movie. Uh, they tied the whole story together in a neat little bow without, you know, too much like pomp or circumstance. Right. It was mm-hmm. it was they explained it away pretty fast. Um, no, I, I, I thought that they they did enough with what they had to to make it worth a watch. Like I I'm not I'm not disappointed oh, wow. by it at all d- despite you know the little analysis that we had there. Like it you know it's fine. It's it's uh I mean it's an anxiety driver for sure. Um yeah, it's 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 a little rough to in in the build up, but then you you actually start to calm down as the craziness sort of ensues. You know, that's that's a really good observation, because as things got crazier, as you kind of doubt Cecilia's mental stability or you just kind of see her having to wrestle that and trying to convince people, you know, I'm not crazy. I'm thinking about what I would do in those situations. Like, how would I convince somebody I don't belong in a mental institution? I don't think I could. I think I'm fucked. You know, like at that point, I honestly think like you're just happy to to know, like sort of who and where the enemy is because until that point uh in the movie you are completely in the dark Mm -hmm. so to speak as to what might happen so like when when at least you know what you're running from like when the suit becomes sort of half visible right because it's damaged at that point and you're at that point what you're probably what maybe 30 minutes 40, 40 minutes left in the movie. Yeah. Like that's the point where you start to like calm down a bit because up until that point, you're like, son of a bitch, what's next? Yeah. And then you're kind of in. And you know what? That brings me to a point too. This has a, a pretty good act, uh, a pretty good action scene uh, in the hallway of this mental institution where uh, this invisible man is taking out these security guards left and right. But at the same time, there are many times there's just a gun floating through the air <laughs> and they're telling her to get down. Right. You're like, and like put your hands behind your back. I'm like, we all see the floating gun, right? We're are we worried about the guy, the the lady, the lady who's on the floor screaming, Oh, watch out, watch out and right in front of you. Careful. Oh, now behind you. Why aren't you paying attention to the fucking floating gun? Yeah. Uh but anyway, I did like it. Um at, if would you recommend this movie to other people? Yeah, absolutely. As long as you don't have a heart condition, watch the movie. And if you had to rank this out of five stars. Where would you put it? Out of five stars. You can do halves. Yeah, I'll give it a three and a half. That's exactly what I gave it to. I gave it a, a, a three and a half. Uh, so let's get to some fun facts about this. Uh, do you want to guess uh, at the budget for The Invisible Man? 
20 million. It was a seven million dollar budget. Really? Shoe strain and a pack of gum. Yeah, seriously. O- opening weekend was the first one in March of 2020, so things were still, you know, functional then. Uh, it grossed $28 million. U.S. growth so far, 64.9. And worldwide cumulative growth of $122 million. So pe- people are paying that $20 rental fee. Mm-hmm. And, and some people actually got to see it while it was in the theaters, but people are definitely uh, watching this movie. So uh, I'm I'm on board for it. I think it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, I, I think even as you and I are not fans of of horror movies and Happy Death Day being something completely different with that element of comedy in it, this with the suspense and, and thriller aspect of it, I still think tread the line where uh, you don't have to be in love with this genre to actually go ahead and watch it. So. I would definitely recommend it. I know Brian would as well. He was really into this movie. But as we learned, Brian's becoming our uh, a little horror fan. So uh, it was good to see that. Well, listener, and as we said, uh, we know things are, are changing. And we definitely thank you so much uh, for listening to the show and supporting us. Uh, we hope that you're enjoying these little uh, reviews. And if you do like that, I highly encourage that you go check out our Patreon if you are able to join and get exclusive access to a catalog over 28 retro reviews, spoiler casts of other movies. Uh, I definitely know you will enjoy. Uh, Willie will be back next week. We don't know exactly what we're going to be doing yet, but I have a feeling we're going to be either a uh, watching a a couple other movies or we're going to be talking about what we're doing in quarantine and what are we watching? (laughs) Uh, So uh, definitely stay tuned. uh, So that way we can have some, some great conversations. Now, as I've also said, there is a fourth voice of this podcast and it is you listener. And we definitely want to hear from you while you're at home. What are you doing? What are you watching? What would you like us to watch as well? You can text us at 484-373-4119. Or, of course, you can always find us on any social platform at That Kind of Nerd, at That Kind of Nerd Podcast on Instagram. Thank you so much for making us your walk around wherever it is you're doing or your drive to wherever it is you are. And we'll talk to you next week. Well, welcome to the club because you are that kind of nerd. 